Amen. Amen. That's the truth. I don't have a Christmas message this morning, so y'all pray for me. Amen. But I do want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Ezekiel. Ezekiel and find the 22nd chapter. Ezekiel chapter number 22. And I want to give you the thought the Lord's placed upon our heart. And trust the Lord to help us. And the Lord laid this on my heart. And I do want to mind Him this morning. And uh, I do have a, it's a, a, a word of, uh, of warning, but also a word of admonishment. And uh, to pray the Lord to help us this morning and give us that which we stand in need of. Ezekiel chapter uh, number 22. Ezekiel chapter number 22. We're going to pick up our reading in the middle of the chapter. Uh, but I want to look in verse number 23. Ezekiel chapter number 22 and verse Number 23. If you're there, say amen. 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 Verse 23 said, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion raving the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And, and, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. Verse 29, The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed a stranger wrongfully. Listen to verse 30. This will be our text verse this morning. And I saw for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap there before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them, and I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, their own way have I recompensed their heads, saith the Lord God. Will you look back with me this morning in verse number 30, where the Bible says, And I sought for a man among them, listen to this now, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me, or before me for the land. I'm interested where the Bible says, should make up the hedge and stand in the gap. If you was to go home and take out your dictionary and look that word up, hedge, this is what it means. It means a fence. It means a wall. The word gap, it means a breach. It means a broken wall. The word make up, right there in the text, says this. The word make up, speaking of the hedge, which speaks of the fence, it means to repair. Defense up, close off, build up, enclose. In other words, what we're finding in this text, 
If I could say it like this, from what verse 30 said, he said, I sought for a man to make up the hedge. In other words, I sought for a man to make up the fence. And stand in the gap. In other words, he is saying to you and I, when it comes to this hedge, that there's a breach in it. There's a gap in it. There's an area where the fence has fallen down. There's an area where the fence is not completely connected together. They use this term when they talk about farmers that have cattle. They talk about running the fence line. In other words, what that is saying is they'll get on their horse, they'll get on their four-wheeler, whatever the case may be, whatever they can. They'll walk the fence line. And what they're doing is, is they're making sure that there's not an area where a tree may have failed, where something may have happened, where it may have been cut by someone else. They'll run that fence line to make sure that the fence is still running connected like it should be all the way around that property line. And you know what the Lord Jesus here is telling the prophet Ezekiel to tell the nation of Israel? He is saying that there is a breach in the fence. There's a hole in the fence. Somebody has not fixed the fence. Somebody has allowed the fence to fall apart. If the Lord be my helper, this is what I want to preach on for the next five or six hours. Somebody say amen. I want to preach on this thought. You better fix the fence. You better fix the fence. Let's pray. Our Father, in Jesus' name, I pray You touch us. I pray You help us. Give us strength. Give us liberty. Give us the vocabulary, God. To, uh, Lord, to, uh, Lord, preach Your Word. I pray, Father, You give me uh, that which You've shown me in study. I pray, God, You give me liberty to preach and power. Lord, You know what I stand in need of. And we'll give You the glory. We'll give You the honor now. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen and amen. You better fix that fence. I believe... What the Lord Jesus, I believe what God is telling the prophet Ezekiel to tell of the nation of Israel is you better fix the fence. I believe this morning the Lord's got a word for us here at Mount Perry is we better fix the fence. Now, I may not necessarily speak about it so much as in the church sense, as much as it is in the individual lives of everybody that's present here. I believe there's daddies, I could say this morning, uh, that need to fix the fence. I believe I could say and be right and say there's some mamas that need to fix the fence. I believe I could say there's some young people uh, that need to fix the fence where they've allowed uh, the boundary line, where they've allowed things in their life uh, that used to stand up, that used to stand for something, have fallen down, and now there's a breach within their fence. When I began to think about the fence by way of by looking at this, I thought about what the Bible says in Psalms. It says in verse Psalms 89 and verse 40. He said this about the nation of Israel. Thou hast broken down all his hedges. Thou hast brought his strongholds to ruin. All that passed by the way spoil him. He is a reproach to his neighbors. Proverbs 24 and 30 says this. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown up over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall therefore was broken down. This hedge, this wall is, listen, this hedge, this wall that God is talking to you and I about is very, very important. And God once again is telling Ezekiel, you better tell the nation of Israel they better fix the fence because the hedge has been torn down. Can I say, when back in these days, just like it is today, it was a reproach to a herdsman. It was a reproach 
uh, to a farmer. It would look like neglect. It would look like laziness. It would look like he didn't care. If somebody was to walk by his fence and find uh, that there was an area where it was not concealed together, uh, that there was an area where it had fallen apart, there was an area where it used to stand, but it don't stand no more, that would speak to that day. People would think about that individual. It would say to him, he's a slothful man. He's a lazy man. He's a man that doesn't care. Why? Because it's important that we keep the hedges up that God has placed in our lives. Can I say by way of introduction, when I thought about these hedges, these, these fences that God's put in our life, what do they speak of? Well, by way of introduction, I thought they speak of God's property. You realize that fences, when you put a fence up, you know why the reason why a man puts a fence up? It's his boundary line. It's his fence line. He's letting those on the outside know that this is my property. In other words, this does not belong to you. This does not belong to Joe up the road. This doesn't belong to anybody. But this is the area that I own. This is the area that belongs to me. And I hope I get an amen this morning. That's still the same way that it is with God. God has got some property line. God has got some boundary lines where God will look at the world. God will look at the devil in the flesh and say, that don't belong to you. This is my property line. This belongs to to me. Think about when a man would put up a fence it establishes the fact that everything within that fence line was his property. He didn't worry when someone owns a fence line. Listen, they don't worry, Brother Donnie, about what happens outside that fence because that don't belong to them. But they know it's their responsibility to keep up that which is within the fence. Can I remind you as a child of God, God, listen, we are a purchased possession. If you're saved this morning, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Thank God I'm glad I was on the ocean block of sin as a 19 year old on my way to hell. And thank God the, well, listen, the world had, had ruined my life. The devil had his way with me. And nobody wanted anything to do with me. But I'm glad, thank God, as a 19 year old, I'm glad the good Holy Ghost come by where I was. And I'm glad the Lord Jesus redeemed me. The Lord Jesus bought me. He shed his precious blood on Calvary to purchase our soul. And if you're saved this morning, you don't belong to yourself. You're a purchased possession of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. But as a child of God, there are some property lines that God has given us. There are other words that God is saying that this belongs to me. Can I just say this? And I'm getting so much ahead of myself, but when I think about God's property, I don't know about y'all, but there ain't no other property I want to be on than being on the Lord Jesus' property. You remember what he said in Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about y'all, but when that speaks to shepherd, that calls me a sheep. And you know what that shepherd does? Oh, that shepherd's got a field. And within that field, that's that shepherd's property line. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad somewhere when that property line starts to wherever that property line ends, I'm glad somewhere in the middle, I'm glad we're there for saved. We're in the Lord's property line. He said, he said, being our shepherd, he said, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. I don't know about y'all this morning, but there ain't no other, no other field I want to be a part of than being that a part of the Lord Jesus' field. He told the Lord to read Psalms 23. I'd say that's a pretty good place to roam at. I'd say that's a pretty good place to live at. When you think about it, it makes me lie down in green pastures. He prepared the table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a really good place to be. And can I say as a child of God, the world might think we're taking a back seat when it comes to what this world's got an offer. But I want to say as a child of God, I'm glad I'm redeemed. I'm glad this world can have what they want. But I'm glad when it's all said and done, the church is not going down. But if we're saved, if we're blood washed, thank God we're going up. I want to say I'm glad, thank God I've already said, that my worst day being saved is still better than my best day being lost. I wouldn't trade nothing for my journey now. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but it gets sweeter as the day goes by. When old black preacher said, if it got any sweeter, I'd turn into sugar. Amen. I'm glad it gets sweeter. You might have the mood. Uh, you might be dragging your lip this morning talking about how bad it is to be saved. You might be talking about you wish you could do this or you wish you could do that. But let me say this this morning. You're looking at a satisfied customer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He ain't been nothing but good to me. There's been some dark valleys. There's been some lonely roads. But I've got good news for you. He's been faithful to His Word. He said He'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm glad to remind you this morning, He's been true to His Word. I'm glad to be in His property line. Amen. But can I say this? When we think about offense, it speaks of property. But it also speaks of protection. Do you know who's responsible to make sure the inside of that fence line is taken care of? The one who owns the fence. If you own cattle, you know who's responsible to feed that cattle? You are. Got good news for you. Right. If we're in God's property line, I don't know about y'all, but I, don't, I, I can't take care of myself or less take care of my family. But God said, man, you don't need you. Man, it doesn't work. Y'all not eat. Somebody said, man. Right. I'll say that one more time. I didn't get enough amen. Man, it don't work. I'm not eat. He probably said, it's still worse than me today. Amen. And let me say this. See, this is the message that's going to need to be said because we're living in a day where this ain't being said. Let me say this. If you've got a good bag and you ain't the word, but you choose not to and choose to rely upon the government, the Bible says you're not even worthy to eat. Somebody say amen. I still believe if you're able to work a job, you ought to get a job. Amen. amen. And it cost you anything, but it felt good saying it. Amen. amen. But you want to know something at the end of the day? I don't care how many hours you punch in on the time clock. I don't care how much money you draw from that job. When it's all said and done, the pillow you lay your head on, the bed you lay in, the food you eat at the end of the day, the reason why you have that is not because you're good. It's not because of what you've done. But the Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. The reason why you and I have got what we got this morning, and it may not be a lot, but can I say what we got, it comes from nobody else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I see myself in that big line, you know what that reminds me of. And thank God I've got a shepherd that's walking the big line, and he's keeping the wolves out, and he's keeping the things that are going to harm my life. He's keeping them out. Can I say to you this morning, I'm glad, thank God, I'm in God's property. I'm glad I'm in God's protection. Talking about what the fence speaks of. But it also speaks not only of protection, but I also thought about this. It speaks of God's parameter. You see, for there to be a fence, now this is what people don't like. For there to be a fence, you know what that lets those inside that fence? It's a boundary line. In other words, it's the owner telling whoever's inside that fence is as far as you can go. And if you go outside that boundary line, you're outside of my protection. You go outside that boundary line, you're outside of my property line. I grew up, growing up in the South, especially living in Alabama. You start driving back roads, somebody helping that got to be got inside real slow, very careful. 
You know what I found? Sometimes somebody's shadow get out in the middle of the road. Amen. And you know what you'll see? You'll see you look yourself and go on Google, look it up. Maybe you've seen it. But you know, I, I've seen this about sheep. They're, they're, where they're roaming at, it'll be all green pastures. But they'll go over there and they'll stick their head through the fence. And they'll try to eat the grass on the other side. When they got all the green grass they want on this side, that's as much as they can eat more than what they can eat. But they've got their eyes and their taste buds fixed on what's growing on that other side of the fence. So you know what'll happen? They'll, get, they'll, they'll cut themselves, they'll hurt themselves trying to get the grass on the other side when they're missing out on all of what the owner's got on this side. And can I say to you, that's maybe the case of sheep, but that's also the way with God's children. I don't know about y'all, but when I think about all the green grass that the Lord's given us, He's given us more than what we deserve. When we think about how good God's been to us, there's no other way place I'd rather be than be where God's got me at in the center of His will. But there are times when our flesh wants to get outside of his property line, get outside of his parameter. And you know what happens? That boundary line lets us know how far to go. See, fences not only keep things out, fences also keep things in. See, we're living in a generation where they don't want nothing to do with boundary lines. They want to do what they want to do. They want to go where they want to go. They don't want nobody to say anything about it. But that reminds you, friend, that that boundary line that God's got put up for you is not because He don't care about you. The devil will tell you the Lord care about you. He'll let you do this. He'll let you roam where you want to roam. He'll let you do what you want to do. But that's not what the Bible says. Can I remind you, good friend, that the reason why God's got boundary lines is not to harm us, but to help us and to keep us protected. He said you ought not be friends with the world because being friends with the world is enemy with God. But the devil will tell you God care about you. He's let you sow all your wild oats. He let you live your life however you want to. That's what the devil will tell you. But you want to know what the Bible said? There is joy, there is pleasure in sin, but it is for a season. And there'll come a day when that season will run out and you'll be hung out to dry. But I want to say, thank God being inside of God's boundary line. It's the best place daddy can raise your children. It's the best place mama. Oh, you can raise that little baby. It's none other than in God's boundary line. I just say to you, people talk about if you keep your children in church, you're going to walk their personality. If you keep people in church, you keep them in church, and don't let them live however they want to live, you're going to mess their personality up. I want y'all to hear me, hear me well. I'm raising my children up to love the house of God. I'm raising up my children that this be the best place that they want to be. I'm raising my children up that they get more excited about coming to church than they do going to the ball field, than they do going to the party, than they go anywhere else. I want my children to love the house of God. Why? Because this is the best place they can be. Being unlisted. Being under the preach word of God. Being listed inside these four walls. I understand that they're made out of wood. I understand that they're made out of sheetrock. And the world will drive by. And they'll look at this place and think that there's nothing special about it. But I hope I get an amen to a child of God. I don't know about y'all, but this is where I love to live. I don't know about y'all, but I sure am glad of all places that God lets me raise my young people. Where God lets me raise my babies. It's been in the house of God. Oh my God, but I love the church. Somebody said, you know, preacher, that they let that you don't have to, you don't have to be saved. I heard talking about saying, you know, you don't have to be saved and go to church. I said, Well, yeah. I said, when Paul was playing respectful, I said, Yeah. But you don't you don't have to go home to be married. 
Let me just say this. We hope I'll give that If your husband never came home, how good would your marriage be? Maybe if your wife never came home, how good would your marriage be? I want y'all to hear me, hear me well. I still believe if you're saved, if you're bloodwashed, if your desire is to be in the house of God. I didn't want to listen. I didn't want to be in church either before I got saved. That's the reason why I didn't worry about this crowd to join up with the church and then you can't find them with the FBI agents. Somebody say amen. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful that God saved me. He put a desire in my heart. I love the house of God. You can tell you where I'm at. I got saved. I got saved in church. You can tell you where I met my wife at. I met my wife in church. You can tell you where we got buried at. We got buried in church. You can tell you where God's been letting us raise our children for the last 10 years. You won't know where it's been at. It's been at none other than the house of God. I wouldn't trade places with President Trump. He's still president. Somebody say amen. I wouldn't trade places with a man that's got the most money in the bank and how good God's been to me. Let me tell you what the devil will tell you. That the grass is greener out there on the other side of that fence line. But you hear me, you hear me well. If the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, as one of those preachers said, it's probably because it's growing on the feet thing. Somebody say amen. You go out there and you'll start moaning. But you know what? The devil won't tell you there's a road out there. You know what? The devil won't tell you there's wolves out there. You know what? The devil won't tell you there's wild beasts out there that will ruin your life. But I'm glad inside the fence line. I'm glad inside God's protection. I'm glad inside God's perimeter. I'm glad inside of this fence line. You know who we got walking the fence line? We got none other other the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say that's better than any military army. That's better than the FBI agents. That's better than any security guard. You can never hire than to have someone that's walking the fence line. They talk about those that watch the fence line. Then they have to work day and they have to work night. Because anytime a tree can fall and knock down that fence line. Well, I don't know about y'all, but this boy likes to sleep. Somebody say amen. And there's times I close my eyes, I go off to sleep. You want to know what the most vulnerable part of your life is? When you're asleep, you don't know what's going on around you. But you want to know something I read that Bible. And you know what it still says? That he never sleeps nor slumbers. So you know what? If God's staying awake, there ain't no sense in me staying awake. Somebody say amen. And I'm glad to remind you while you're laying your head on your pillow at night. And the wild beast might be going across the fence line. I'm glad you got a good shepherd that's a steady on guard. And thank God that old big bad wolf might come in the fence line. I'm glad our Lord Jesus has got a good rifle. He'll shoot that wolf. He'll make a good word that at him. And you know what? He'll put it in your house just to remind you of how good of a God you got. I'm not goodness, I feel like preaching this morning. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. Inside the boundary line is still the best place you can be. You know, if you was to go, they talk about those rails when they haul something. Somebody hauls a hay. They talk about they got those guardrails on there. You know what those guardrails are to do? They're to keep what's on that, what's on that trailer from falling off that trailer. We're living in a generation where everybody wants to tear down the boundary lines. Everybody wants to tear down. But the Bible still says this is Proverbs. Remove not the ancient landmarks. You know why we're not going to move them? Because God told me to mold to place those boundary lines right there. God told me to mold to place those landmarks right there. You know why? Because He knows sin will harm you. He knows adultery will ruin you. He knows fornication will harm you. He knows alcohol will destroy you. He knows drugs will ruin you. Listen to me. He knows white lies, little, little white lies, big lies, whatever you want to call, they'll wreck your life. Sin will ruin you. And I'm glad to be on this side of the boundary line. Is the best place you can be. Somebody ought to help me preach this morning. Amen. I'm going to preach regardless if you do or not. Amen. I got preaching me this morning. I feel good. Amen. It helps me remind myself I'm in the boundary line. 
Hey, man, I can't get past that. Amen. Brother Ray, I'm in the boundary line. Being in the will, being in the will of God is the best place you can be, mama. Being in the will of God today is the best place you can be. Being in the will of God is the best place you can be. Being outside the will of God is the worst place you can be. But I'm glad to say I'm glad that thank God I'm raising my family in the will of God. I don't know about y'all, but I know I'm in the will of God being a Mount Carey Baptist Church. I hope you are. I'm not here because my grandparents are buried out of the cemetery. I'm not here because of, of my daddy's deceit or any of those things. I'm here because it's the will of God that God placed me here. Somebody nods there like that. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm not here because it's the closest place to my house. We pass a lot of churches. We pass a lot of churches on our way here. Probably the ones that probably got the most longest drive. Mississippi. Probably Brother Martin, Sister Sue. They probably don't tell how many churches you pass by. They probably don't tell how many churches you went to before you got here. You know the reason why they're here? It was the will of God. There's no telling how many churches y'all passed by. Can I pray about it all in one stop place chat? I'm glad to place chat right here. Can I get an amen? I don't know about y'all, but there's a lot of churches right now that are without a pastor. But I'm glad they go to that parking lot. I'm glad my name's on the church side. I don't care what the devil thinks about it. God's place me here. And God will keep me here as long as he wants me here. And it's my time to go. He won't say that. Listen, my prayer is this last church I pastor. Somebody say amen. Almost said last church I pissed it. That same. I'm glad to be here. Look, I am glad to be here. You know, inside the fence, I've been some of the best friends I've ever had. See, when I got saved, I had a friend. They said they were my friends. I didn't leave them. They left me. We had certain time no more. They didn't want to party. They didn't want to party no more. They didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't leave them. They left me. You know what they were telling you? If you serve Jesus, you'll lose all your friends. If you serve the devil, you'll lose your girlfriend. If you serve the devil, you'll lose your boyfriend. If you serve the devil, you won't be the most popular. If you serve, if you serve, if you serve, if you serve God, you won't be this. If you serve God, you won't be able to do that. I want to say thank God, serve God. I met the dream of my, I met my wife. I somebody help me right there. And I know I have put in my covers. Amen. And you say, you know how I got that? I got that in the will of God. Somebody drive by and go look and say, how in the world we shall all able to afford a house like that? And you might think it ain't much, but you know I say, no, I didn't tell them. I got that house by being in the will of God. They'll look at my family and say, no, it's the buddy y'all's me. Y'all afford it. I look at it and I say, you know the reason why I got what I got? It ain't because I'm this, it ain't because I'm that. It's because I got a good shepherd. And he said, Lord, he's my shepherd. And a son of a I want you to hear me, hear me well. The best life you can live is being within God's boundary line. The worst life you can live is being out there. Remember Moses? Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household. Moses was in line to be the next Pharaoh. He was taught by all the great teachers. He went to the best schools. I mean, he was a, Moses was a smart man. Moses was a rich man. Moses was the next one in line to be Pharaoh over Egypt. But you know what he did? The Bible said this in Hebrews chapter 11, that he forsook Egypt. Because he saw him, he wasn't visiting. There was day, listen, Moses got in trouble. He flew an Egyptian because he put his hand on the Israelite. And you know what happened? Oh, one of them said, she said, why'd you do that? He's going to get him in trouble. Moses ran. Moses got, Moses ran off and went off to the backside of the desert. But I hope I get an amen right here. It don't matter if you're on the backside of the desert, the Lord still finds you. Amen? And he got over there and he found a burning bush. And it was a burning bush that was on fire, but it was not consumed. And out of that fire was the great I am that told Moses, the world may be done with you. The world may not want to have anything to do with you. You forsook Egypt. You forsook all that. And you know what it said? We saw him. He wasn't this 
God, but he saw God in the bush. And you know when he saw, he saw a bush that was on fire, that wasn't unusual. If you got there in the desert, you find bushes on fire all the time. But you know what you find this time? It ain't like it's a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. You know why? Because thank God, when you're on fire for God, you won't burn up. Keep on, won't burn out. Somebody will hit me right there. Hear me. Moses got over there and led the children of Israel. Got to see things he never would have gotten to see while he was in Egypt. I'm going to say this. He never got to see the blood being applied to the doorposts while he was in Egypt. I understand he was in Egypt when it happened. But hear me. He never, he never got to see the Red Sea part while he was living in Egypt. But being in the will of God, you know what he got to see? He got to see the salvation of the Lord. And he got to walk on cross dry ground. I tell you this, being in the will of God, he got to tell that story when he never got told it tell while he was in Egypt. I don't ever read when he ever told him stories while he was in Egypt by the Red Sea Party. I don't ever read him telling about stories while he was in Egypt by seeing a pillar by fire by night and a cloud by day that led him through the wilderness. He never talked about that while he was in Egypt. He saw that while he was in the will of God. I understand Moses was a perfect man. But you hear me, you hear me well. One of the greatest patriarchs in the Bible is Moses. Wrote the first five books of your Bible. Moses. Hear me and hear me well. God used Moses to lead the children. I understand he didn't get the end of the promised land because it's slowly rocks rise. But you know what God did let him do? God let him stand on the mountaintop and look over. And he got to see it. And what do you know when Moses died? He buried his body. The reason why he buried his body, one man said it like this, he buried his body because had the, had the Israelites found that body, they would have embalmed it, used it as a statue, and they would worship Moses rather than worshiping God. But God healed him. One man said it like this, God took him on that mountainside and kissed him again, and he healed him. I remind you, being in the will of God this morning, the best place you could be. I didn't get to my message. I just got caught up in that message. But I had time doing it. Amen? Hear me. The best place you can be is in the will of God. Let me say this. I don't want to hit this and I'm done. Can I say to my kids, it might be the will of God. Listen to me, man. If it is, I'm good with it. It may be the will of God that one of my boys, one of my little girls, goes off to college to become a doctor. Maybe God's will. Somebody help me. We need Christian doctors. We need Christian lawyers. Somebody nod your head like that. You know I tell them that right. Amen. We need, we, 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 need, we need people that know how to work on this. We need people that know how to work on air conditioning. In Christmas time, you need somebody to work on air conditioning. Somebody to help you. We need somebody that knows how to plumb. We need somebody to plumb. We need somebody that knows how to build. You may have to, they may be God's will you go off the top. I'm not saying that it's not God's will you do those things. I'm not saying it's not God's will you take that new job. I'm not saying that it's God's will that you don't do this. But what I am saying is, at the end of the day, that it does matter if it is the will of God or it ain't the will of God. Amen. I ain't telling you it ain't the will of God. My kids grow up and, and they make they, 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 they grow that I don't know why. Come on, man, come on. I don't know about God, but when a boy comes along, there ain't going to be no boy. I'm going to lie and take my little girl. Somebody else coming out there. But you know where my man is at, I think. I raise my children on the altar and I gave them to the Lord. And it may not be my will, but you know what? If it's God's will, then. I say, God, not my way, not my way, but that way be done. Not my will, but that way be done. This morning, I can't tell you what God's will is to go life. I can tell you what God's will ain't to go life. And I can tell you what that is. But that Bible gives us strict indicators of what we should do and what we shouldn't do. 
don't know who they are. I don't, I don't know what my kids keep from me. But you know what I, what I do know it is? It's that they raise their family up around to God. It's that all of them get saved. Don't know. But I tell you what, I don't know how my kids are going to turn out. Scares me absolutely to death. Raising children. And the fear in the back of my mind is they may grow up not looking after God. That's their choice. They may grow up not going to have nothing to do with my God. That's their choice. But while I got these 18 short years, now they're running out very soon. You know what I want to do? I want to put them in the best place possible. So they got every opportunity to serve God. And when, they, when my life's over, and they walk by my casket, they look inside that casket, because my daddy gave me every opportunity to serve his God. And when they say the judgment seat of Christ, they're looking to say, if they, die, if they go to the great white throne judgment, they die and go to hell. And they say, the judgment seat of Christ, and being saved. If they can say this, my daddy and my mama raised me up in the house of God, and they gave me every tool. Best place, mama, best place, daddy, best place, grandparents. She raised those babies up.